Chapter Eighteen of Faulkner's Folly by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eighteen, questions and answers. Still studying the face of the artist, Allan Ford indicated his desire to begin the successive interviews with the members of the household. All but Barry left the room, and the young man sat down near the absorbed detective. Your father was a handsome man, Ford said as he laid aside the pictures yes agreed barry i wish i might have been more nearly his type physically you mean yes and mentally too i admit my father's moral weakness yet he was not a bad man as men go his artistic temperament was responsible for his being blamed far more than was just or right that is probably true said ford seriously to a man of that sensitiveness to beauty many things seemed right that were not now mr stannard will you please tell me everything about the actual facts as you know them regarding the hour or half-hour in which the crime was committed don't shade or colour your story to shield miss vernon for such a bias will only prejudice my judgment against her tell me exactly the events as they followed one another to your positive knowledge and nothing more very well mr ford i will do just as you ask but let me say this first there are three suspects excuse me there are four suspects if you count mr courtney yes but the three in the house my stepmother miss vernon and myself have been definitely suspected and probably are still so i want to say that if one of us must remain under suspicion let it be me it is impossible that a woman did this deed so investigate along the line of courtney or myself but as i feel quite sure you can get no real evidence against him use me for a scapegoat while you are finding the real criminal then you are not the criminal mr stannard if i were would i be apt to tell you you couldn't help telling me not in words but in manner in glance in intonation in a dozen ways over which you have no control have i told you so you have not i know positively you did not kill your father but go on please with your recital well after dinner miss vernon and i sat on the terrace barry paused by jove he broke out how can i tell you the straight truth it sounds exactly as if natalie did it allan ford almost smiled at the boy's impetuous exclamation but merely prompted him yes go right on remember the truth will help miss vernon more than any falsehood possibly could have you never heard of seemingly incriminatory evidence of one leading straight to another all right then we sat there a long time and then we talked about about getting married i was bothered about it for dad had vowed if i married natalie he'd cut me out of his will that's why you altered the will in miss vernon's favour i didn't alter that will this is man to man now mr ford i'm telling you the truth i didn't change that will and miss vernon didn't either i don't know who did we'll find that out it won't be a great surprise to learn the truth about that how do you know it won't do you know who did the forgery i think so or perhaps there wasn't any forgery but go on my dear boy with your story i told you you know i've not much time to give you all right we talked about getting married and i got awful mad and i said if father didn't stop his nonsense with her i'd kidnap her and run away 
and natalie knew that if we did that dad would cut us both out of his will and she isn't a bit mercenary it wasn't that what was it then why only that we're why hang it all decent people don't do those things decent people don't commit murder either said ford very gravely no i know that well natalie begged me not to quarrel with father said she could manage him herself and i thought she meant by being sweet to him and all that and i got mad at her and-i walked off and left her there without a word no i told her i was going to give the dogs a run i was going to too but as i walked away i fell to thinking and i just strolled round the place alone whom did you see nobody at all maybe courtney or mr wadsworth or some of those people passed me i don't know i was just thinking about natalie and then halpin came running out and told me to come in the house my father was ill and you went right in yes and when i saw what had happened i felt afraid natalie had killed him and i ran out and tried to make the window frame look as if a burglar had broken in i suppose it was foolish it certainly was but i don't blame you it was natural to try to shield the girl you loved from possible suspicion possible suspicion if you had seen the situation there were the two women both shivering with fear and terror and there was the dead or dying man between them why mr ford it wasn't suspicion it was certainty that one or the other had stabbed him and why have you changed your mind since partly because of that clairvoyant person i don't believe in those things but well do you i do not but i can see how she would turn suspicion away from the two women in question who sent for the clairvoyant mrs stannard did but first the priestess as she likes to be called wrote and asked for a seance she did how did she know she was wanted she didn't know said she read about the case and got interested ah a professional medium she said not said she only offers to help in cases that appeal especially to her hm well then she turned all your thoughts toward mr courtney i'm told but she didn't intend to i mean she described a man who entered the room and who stabbed my father but it was bobsy roberts questions that made anybody think of eugene courtney how oh he kept saying bobsy did has he a pointed beard and is he tall and dark and such leading hints the woman said yes every time but i don't believe she knew what she was talking about and her mysterious reading of those sealed papers you see i know all the main facts i just want your opinions well you've got me there that woman had to read those by supernatural power because there's no other explanation i know a bit about ledger domain and parlor magic and there was no opportunity whatever for any trickery we wrote the things sealed them bobsy roberts collected them and handed them to her then in the same instant he switched off the light and it wasn't half a minute before she was reading them aloud to us in the dark absolutely dark and she hadn't moved from her chair for her voice came from the place she was sitting ventriloquism oh no not a chance anyway where could she go to have a light the studio doors were all closed and why of course she didn't leave her chair for when bobsy switched on the light suddenly there she sat eyes closed hands quiet composed and unruffled no sir 
there's no explanation for that reading business but honest to goodness second sight and she gave us back our envelopes intact seals unbroken well but mr stannard if she had power to do all that and i don't doubt your word in the least particular isn't it strange that she couldn't see exactly who that murderer was suppose it was someone she didn't know but oughtn't her powers of second sight if she has such revealed to her the identity of the man she didn't know what was in your envelopes but she told you why didn't her supernatural powers inform her the man's name i don't know mr ford i'm only telling you what i saw and heard that's all i want and after a short further conversation allan ford dismissed barry and asked mrs stannard to come to him next it will be hard for you i know he said gently as he placed a chair for her but i want you to tell me just what occurred at the time of mr stannard's death tell only your own part only what you yourself did or saw you suspect i killed my husband said joyce in a choking whisper it will depend on your story what i suspect do not be afraid and do not distrust me mrs stannard i want to help you in any case whatever the truth i can help you and i want to assure you of that the infinite gentleness of his tone the kind light in his eyes and the utter sympathy evident in his whole manner reassured joyce and in a low voice she began i have told it so many times i know it by heart i was in the billiard-room with mr courtney i will not explain or defend the fact that i was there alone with him but merely state that i was he left me and as i was heartsick over my own private and personal affairs i buried my head in the sofa-cushion and cried not a real crying spell of sobs and tears but an emotion which i endeavoured to restrain or control that i might meet others without causing comment as i bowed my head there i am positive i heard my husband talking to some woman miss vernon i thought so at first now i am not sure it was she mrs faulkner oh no she was in the drawing-room at the other end of the house no it must have been either my imagination or some woman who had somehow entered and who afterward disappeared go on i heard him say or i thought i did that she could have the emeralds but he refused to marry her yes a little impatiently i know about that tell me what happened then i heard a strange gasping sound and i rushed in was the room light then no dark the light went out that instant or a moment before i pushed in and i heard a sound opposite on the other side of the room at first i thought it was my husband but it was a quick frightened breathing and then the light flashed on and i saw it was miss vernon huddled against the wall no against a small table and looking scared to death do you wonder that i thought she had done something wrong for just then i caught sight of my husband stabbed dying oh i knew in that first glance that he had been murdered then i saw blake and mrs faulkner at the other end of the room they were shocked and frightened too but i paid no attention to them i looked right back to eric and he well the footman did ask him who did it and he raised his hand and said neither natalie nor joyce are you sure that's what he said i am sure now at the time he said it he spoke so thickly i could scarcely understand him and i thought he said natalie not joyce but we had a clairvoyant here and she said he said nor and then i realized at once that that was what he did say 
meaning of course that you two women were innocent and that some other hand had struck the blow yes that was what he meant and do you not think mrs stannard that he would have said that to shield you both even if one had been guilty joyce stannard turned white i-i never thought of that she stammered perhaps he would but you feel sure at this moment that it was not miss vernon who killed your husband joyce looked utterly miserable her eyes were frightened like those of a hunted animal but she said bravely i feel sure of that mr ford miss vernon is not one who could do such a thing she doesn't seem to be will you go now mrs stannard and please send miss vernon in here joyce went slowly out of the studio and in a moment natalie vernon came in am i afraid of you she asked as she sat facing allan ford need i be her questions were not prompted by coquetry that was evident her tone was serious and she looked at the detective wistfully no miss vernon he answered seriously you have no reason to be afraid of me but i will tell you frankly you have great reason to fear the consequences if you tell me anything but the exact truth pardon me if that seems a rude speech but great issues are at stake and prevarication on your part to the slightest degree would baffle all my plans and hopes i will tell the truth natalie sighed so far as i know it but sometimes it's very hard to be sure of what is true yes i know it now miss vernon just one word about the time and scene of the crime when you came into the studio because you heard what did you hear allan ford's manner was calculated to set the nervous girl at her ease and his kindliness made her calm and unselfconscious i heard eric moan did you know at once it was mr stannard oh yes it sounded like him and i supposed he was in there what did you think ailed him i don't believe i thought of that i just heard the curious gasping sound as of somebody choking and i ran in i didn't think i only wondered what was the trouble and when you entered the room was it light or dark honestly i don't know mr ford i've been so quizzed and questioned about it that i can't seem to remember clearly but the lights went out yes just as i entered or a minute before well then what was the first thing you saw must i tell that yes and truly then the first thing i saw as the light flashed on and it rather blinded me at first you know you see i had been sitting on the terrace which was almost dark then i entered the dark room and so when the light came suddenly it dazzled me and i naturally looked straight ahead of me i saw mrs stannard behind her husband and near the billiard-room door as if she had just come in from that room i think so now i didn't think so then i thought she had killed him and had sort of stepped back you know why did you change your mind oh because of madame orienta haven't you heard about her she cleared up the mystery as far as joyce mrs stannard and i are concerned yes i've heard all about her you believe in her supernatural powers oh yes only i don't use that word i call them psychic powers but it was supernatural to read the sealed messages as she did well i suppose it was i suppose clairvoyance is supernatural but we psychics prefer other terms you know i'm a psychic ah is that so and you can read sealed messages in the dark 
no indeed i can't i wish i could but perhaps i shall be able to some day i can mr ford you believe me don't you natalie looked at him and a slight flush came to her pale cheek as she saw his slightly quizzical expression miss vernon i believe all you've said so far i want to continue my confidence in your statements so please be very careful not to exaggerate or over-colour the least mite now just to what extent do you know you're a psychic not imagine or hope or think but know well i only know that i've heard the voice of mr stannard's spirit since his death as clearly as i heard his mortal voice that night he died you are sure of this i am sure mr ford tell me the exact circumstances End of chapter eighteen